How's it going, everybody? Welcome into the West Side Sports Podcast. As always, I am your host, Dakota Ezri. If this is your guys' first time listening to the podcast, or uh, if you're fairly new to the show, welcome. If you're one of my uh, constant uh, daily listeners, appreciate everybody for taking the time out of their busy, rainy day to listen to my podcast. Uh, heads up at the beginning of today's show, this is a little bit of an experiment today. I've been having some issues lately with some corruption in my files. Um, I don't know if my laptop just isn't quite up to snuff with what's going on with my new microphone and new equipment that I have uh, recently installed for you guys. But uh, I just want to give you guys a heads up. If you guys hear anything that's like uh, sounds different or it sounds uh, kind of different or odd or just not the usual, that's what's going on. Today's podcast is going to be a standard format today. I have a recap of last night's game between the Bears and the Patriots. My bad for not knowing it was the Bears playing the Patriots last night, as I probably should have known ahead of time. I'll take that. Um, also, we're going to talk about the upcoming free agency class for the Seattle Mariners today. I have a couple breakdowns from uh, Sunday's game in SoFi Stadium against the Chargers and that uh, dominant statement win that it was. It's going to be a good podcast today. Um, I uh, hope everybody's having a good, positive, feel-good Tuesday. I almost said Wednesday, too, to the week. But thankfully, it's not Wednesday because that means I would have been listening to KJ Wright beforehand. And I don't miss KJ Wright at all when he gets on 710 with Brock and Salk in the mornings. But with that being said, let's hop straight into it. If you are new, though, to the podcast, if this is your first time or first few times, and if you enjoyed this content, please do me a huge favor and subscribe to, to this podcast. Um, I know that everybody, every person that makes podcasts is going to ask people, please, please, you know, subscribe, rating, sub- subscribe, rating. It Both of those really do help me out a ton. It helps all of us that are doing this. Uh, this is my passion. This is my dream to talk to you guys on a, day, on a daily basis. Break down what I'm seeing, how I'm looking at things, uh, my, my lens, my perspective, stuff like that. So with that being said, hope you guys enjoyed today's podcast. We'll be getting into the sponsored ad break about halfway through today's show. Um, well, quite frankly, we have to start out with the Bears and the Patriots game that it was last night. Uh, Bears beating the Patriots 33 to 33, excuse me, to 14. I've had too much coffee. I probably should slow down on that stuff. Justin Fields, 179 yards passing on the day to follow up with 82 yards on the ground on 14 attempts and a touchdown. So two total touchdowns for Justin Fields yesterday, which was positive to see. Uh, they had a really smart game plan overall on offense. was really creative. Lots of quarterback design runs. This is what you want to see specifically from a guy that can move like Justin Fields. Um, the Bears have a very talent. This is the best quarterback they've had since Jay smoking, you know, tight black clothes, Jay Cutler. You know, I can't say it. I'm a, I can never really, really, really reiterate. That's a tough one to say. How bad the Bears have been with their quarterback situation. Mitch Trubisky was a joke. Uh, I remember the days of Rex Grossman. Those days were bad too. But uh, this kid, Justin Fields, has a true amount of talent. He's got a weird throwing motion in, in general. He'll need to clean that up in the offseason or throughout the course of, of his career. But he's got wheels for sure. We saw that last night. Bill Belichick was clearly frustrated with his inability to slow down this running game. Three rushers on the day had over 60 yards, um, but Fields led the, led the way with 82 on the ground. They have Montgomery, uh, the converted running back or wide receiver to running back from Green Bay, as well as uh, Khalil Herbert. Khalil Herbert's going to be an interesting fantasy option for a lot for a lot of people who are curious about that with David Montgomery still nursing some injury issues. Roquan Smith had an absolute wrecking ball of a day yesterday for the, the Bears. He was a huge hot topic of trade conversation 
throughout the early part of the preseason and spring, uh, almost at spring training. Uh, but the Bears, I would not be shocked if they do trade Ro Roquan Smith. He's having a career year right now. Uh, last night, 12 total tackles, one tackle for loss, a sack, and a pick. He's going to get a lot of attention. There's going to be a lot of teams calling. As long as a team like Dallas, who's already stacked up with uh, um, Michael Parsons and all those guys, uh, the Cowboys actually traded for a defensive tackle. Uh, I believe it's Sheldon Rankins is his name uh, from the Raiders uh, earlier this morning. This is the lower name pick on that one. It's a former second round pick, so be curious what comes to that. But Roquan Smith, I would be shocked if he wasn't traded. The Bears are just in a big time rebuild right now. Darrell Mooney is a pretty good player. Cole Komet's not a bad tight end, but he's more of a T uh, tight end two versus a tight end one. Um, I don't even know if Jimmy Graham's still on the roster. I know he's been there the last couple of years. But uh the Bears are in a pretty good position to build off of this win. Uh this was they what this is the statement win they were looking for all season, specifically with all of the frustrations and the emotions and the lack of quarterback that they've had the last few years. It's good to see that Justin Fields is starting to find his footing there. Uh, Matt Eberflus, I believe his name is, the head coach for the, the Bears. Looks like they're in the right direction and all the props to them. Now, on the other side of the ball yesterday was the New England Patriots. Start off the ball, or start off the game, excuse me, Mac Jones throws a pick. He gets pulled immediately. Zappy comes in, Zappy Nation, Zappified, whatever you, you, you want to call him. And uh, he was good to start to start the game. Uh, he was singing along to whatever songs they were playing. Uh, he was uh, interviewed about that this morning. It was, it was a pretty funny scene on the sidelines. But uh, they have a legit quarterback competition in uh, New England. I was not expecting this. Zappi was a kid, I believe, came out of Western Michigan or Central Michigan. Um, fifth round draft pick. A lot of people were confused. I remember like watching the, uh, the live draft reaction from Lewis Riddick, and they were like, Zappi? Like, yeah, I mean, he threw for a ton of yards in college football. But, I mean, obviously, like I've talked about and touched on countless times, you never really know whether or not a guy is going to be able to, like, translate his skills from college to, to the NFL. Key example, Tim Tebow. List, uh, the list goes on. Mitch Mitch Trubisky. Um, it's just going to be interesting to see what happens there. Mac Jones, though, has been banged up pretty much for the entire part of the season. Came back. Uh, just did not look himself. It's awkward. I feel terrible for Mac Jones. Getting drafted out of Alabama, all the hype behind him, had a really good positive year last year, and then they don't hire an offensive coordinator. They split offensive coordinator duties between, I believe, two to three different coaches, which is a mess and garbage, and if I'm Bill Belichick, I'm embarrassed beyond possible belief that this is happening to my New England Patriots, you know, arguably the best run franchise in all of football has been like that for years. Uh, Philly's probably making a strong case for that now after their re recent rebuild with Jalen Hurts and Jordan Davis and all that crew and Jalen, uh, I almost said Jalen Riker. But uh, Mac Jones, though, on, on the day, three out of six in the air, 13 total yards pick. He, he was pulled. Zappi came in, 14 out of 22, 185, a touchdown, two picks. But the main thing I'm taking away from this game for New England, actually, is uh, a fantasy implication at running back. So obviously their main running back, Damian Harris, has been out uh, with a quad injury the last couple of weeks. Ramondre Stevenson last year had a monster, just, I mean, literally emergence. I'm not going to call it a re-emergence, but he came out of nowhere. Nobody knew who Ramondre Stevenson was. He's a big bowling ball of a, of a back. I think he's like 250 plus pounds. He's a big boy. And uh, Bill Belichick loves this guy. I mean, he only uh, he only posted 39 yards on the ground. He did, he did get a touchdown, but he also hauled in eight uh, catches on eight targets for another 59 yards. So if you're playing PPR, all that good stuff in fantasy, Ramondre Stevenson's probably going to be a name to target if he is available 
available. And most leagues, he's going to be on somebody's bench, uh, ready to be a replacement. But uh, the uh, the running back uh, carousel over there in New England is going to be a continual thing to see whether or not they're able to split the carries between the two or if Stevenson or... Uh, Damian Harris is going to be the one to emerge, but kind of it'll be TBD to depend upon that. I want to talk just for a minute about Brittany Griner. Her appeal this morning was denied for her uh, drug uh, drug conviction on uh, with all of her issues in Russia. Excuse me, got got tongue tongue tied there for a second. It's just another sad uh, you know movement or another sad uh, story and this incredibly long drawn out process that is breaking the hearts of every single professional team on America or in America. So if you if you play soccer, football, basketball, baseball, WNBA, tennis, everybody's talking about getting Brittany Griner home. And the fact that they've not been able to do this, there hasn't been much of there has been attention on this, but every time we see attention, it's the same thing over and over again. It's really simple, you know. They say, oh, well, you know, we're doing everything in our physical power to get Brittany Griner home, la, 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 la. That's a bunch of crap. Let's just call let's just call a goose a spade a spade, you know, a diamond a diamond for what it is. The U.S. is not that focused on getting Brittany Griner home. Clearly, Russia probably has like extreme outlandish asking price to get, or, you know, for a swap for prisoner for a prisoner or PNP, however you, you want to label it. But Brittany Griner... We love you. We miss you. We're sending our love for, for you, honey. I mean, this is a terrible thing. Um, it breaks my heart seeing the amount of people and the outpour for Brittany Griner and everything and her family and all of her loved ones uh, being affected by this just tragic story. And hopefully sooner than later, we can get her home. Okay. Um, Sorry, I'm kind of monitoring my, my, uh, my audio here. Anthony Rizzo states that he hopes Aaron Judge will stay stick with the New York Yankees in the upcoming offseason and quote, We'll have him assume the the captain title. Um, I want to touch on this just very briefly, very, very, very quickly. The fact that Aaron Judge, the best player in baseball this year, was not the captain of your team is an if it wasn't for, for Aaron Judge. They wouldn't be in the playoffs. They wouldn't be sniffing the postseason contention. They wouldn't have made it to the ALCS. Nothing without Aaron Judge. And the fact that this comes out now after he's becoming a free agent in the offseason is just a bad look on all the courts, all, all, all people. Brian Cashman, uh, John Steinbrenner, or George Steinbrenner, excuse me, rest in peace. Uh, it's a bad look all the way around. Aaron Judge is, I would bet, my own personal money. He will not return to New York City this in the in the, the upcoming year. Um, I've seen some uh, an article this morning about a. I don't know if he's an agent. I don't know if he's just an inside analyst. But he predicted that Aaron Judge would get five hundred and fifty million dollars on a ten-year deal. This is by uh, reported by Front Office Sports. Never heard of this company. I'm not trying to throw shade. I'm not trying to sign up people's names. But if I haven't heard from you or heard of who you even exist, who you work for, who your bosses are, who they, you know, do they even talk to CBS? Do they talk to ESPN? Do they talk to Fox? Like anybody? The Athletic? And nothing of this? This is just a bunch, a bunch of blah, blah, blah. This is smoking up people's skirt. This is nothing. This is nothing but an an. an giant waste of a conversation in time with somebody just trying to bring pre uh, the value up of whoever their uh, players are, whoever they, whoever they are the agents for, you know, 
not only is his contract way higher than Aaron Judge is going to get, Aaron Judge is not $550 million. Aaron Judge is probably going to get somewhere in, in the ballpark between 360 and $400 if I, if I were to, to take a guess. I've seen the, you know, Bleach Report predictions for Carlos Correa and Trey Turner, and Trey Turner by far was the most expensive. I think it was like $340 million for uh, Trey Turner, which I would not spend. Um, It's going to be a hot topic for some people. A lot of people will probably disagree with me on that. That's fine. But uh, I want Dansby Swanson or Xander Bogarts. Um, Carl- Carlos Correa just wouldn't, is not going to fit in this city. However, I'm not going to get into the full conversation between shortstops for you guys today. I do have a positional breakdown in free agency class, but we're going to get to that after my last two topics here uh, for around, around the world. Uh, and due to put this in in perspective for you guys, right? And the reason why I'm saying Aaron Judge is between 360 and 400 is quite simple. Look at how much money Marcus Simeon got last year. How much money did Corey Seager get last year? Chris Bryant, right? The one player out of those three, or excuse me, two between Simeon, who did get MVP votes in the previous season and uh, playing for our Toronto, and Corey Seager coming from the, the Dodgers. Corey Seager is a big power bat. He plays a premium position at, at shortstop. Aaron Judge is a corner outfielder. He's not a center fielder. That's going to slightly lower his value. You. Um, I will be doing a deep uh, piece for you guys on why the Mariners should be in the conversation for Aaron Judge. Um, a lot of people are going to say we don't have the money for that. We just spent money on Julio. We spent we just spent money on Luis Castillo. We spent money on Robbie Ray. And you're absolutely right. We did spend money on, on those three guys. But you just made an astronomical amount of buku money off of this postseason run. The jerseys, sales, merchandise, food, all that stuff. So I will be getting into that on uh, upcoming show. Will not be today. But the last piece for around the world is the fact that the Jets traded for running back James Robinson from the Jacksonville Jaguars for a fifth round draft pick. James Robinson is an absolute stud. He is a beast. I think this move is a perfect correlation, uh, excuse me, a corresponding move. Uh, Brees Hall losing him for the season for the the torn uh, ACL. Shout out to my boy Travis Eden on that. Uh, Big time Jets fan. Go Jets go. Go, uh, Go gang green as he likes to say. Um, but James Robinson's a very talented running back, had a great season last year with, with Jacksonville before he tragically tore his ACL late in the season, had a quick turnaround. Unfortunately, though, the backfield is so uh, full between him and Travis Etienne. Uh, for those who don't know, Travis Etienne came out of Clemson. He was the running back for Trevor Lawrence, and he's been getting the, uh, the primary bulk of carries for them. Be curious to see whether or not what comes about it and comes to fruition, but the Jets got a really good player for a low-value draft pick for a fifth-round pick. I believe it can be a sixth at minimum, but if it, uh, depending upon playing time and how he how he uh, performs on the field, it can boost up to a fifth round pick. Because I'm really happy. The Jets are a really fun team right now. The Jets, the Giants, the Vikings are all really, really shocking teams that came out of nowhere this year. And be curious to see whether or not they're able to keep up on that pace for next uh, for the remainder of this season as well as next. Having a two-headed back between Brees Hall and James Robinson would pay dividends. And it's going to be interesting. Does Michael Carter, who is the backup running back for, for the Jets, who is a University of North Carolina Tar Heel, um, him and uh, Javante Williams split carries at UNC. Be curious to see what, what becomes of him, whether or not they keep him around, and what his duty will be in the upcoming season as well. Uh, Mariners, real quick. I got a couple free agent names. I'm going to be targeting specifically second base in, in today's podcast. I'm going to be doing a position by by position free agency breakdown for you guys. This is a little side project I've been working on the last couple of days. Um, I got three main names on second base, and I have an interesting left-handed option I'm going to throw in 
here and I'm gonna explain why he's a part of this conversation. Second base options for you guys, I'm looking specifically at Colton Wong, Cesar Hernandez, Josh Harrison. So I'm gonna just do a couple of, uh, I'm gonna do a little bit of a fact reading, a little bit of stat checking for you guys. I know some of you guys like, like the stats, some of you really don't care for them, but I'm trying to keep it balanced for everybody in general. Colton Wong, who's 32 years old, had a 5.0 war this season, which is on almost identical to uh, Eugenio Suarez. 251 average for Wong, 108 hits, 46 walks to 41 RB or 47 RBIs. It's going to be interesting. Colton Wong will be a name I talk about here again in a minute. I'm giving a breakdown as to why I'm talking about him first. Cesar Hernandez, uh, 32 years old as well. Switch hitter coming uh, out of Washington this last year. 2.1 war, uh, 248 average, 139 hits, 45 walks, 34 RBIs. RBIs. Uh, I like to say Cesar Hernandez. He's got a bunch of different options uh, with what he can do and bring to a team. I think he'd probably be a bench addition. Now he's starting second baseman. And then Josh Harrison, 34, had a 3.7 war, 256 average, 99 hits, 21 walks, 27 ribbies. But what's interesting about Josh Harrison is that he had a very limited amount of uh, batting appearance or a uh, uh, play, plate appearances, excuse me. Uh, Josh Harrison has won a ring before. He is gone through, you know, the fire and flames for a better, a better yet of a Dragon Force quote. Woo woo. But uh, I like Colton Wong. Out of all, the, out of all of these free agents, Wong would by far be the the, the number one option. Bringing in a left-handed veteran bat that would play good defense. Jerry was interested in Colton Wong two years ago when he was a free agent. Unfortunately, though, he went to Milwaukee for, since Milwaukee offered him a couple extra bucks. Be curious whether or not that changes uh, in the course of this offseason with what the team's needs are. Cesar Hernandez brings another switch hitting bat option too to this lineup, which should be very valuable in making the, the lineup deeper. However, though, the lack of power with all three of these guys is the main calling card in the issue. Um, all these guys would provide, uh, I would say, two out of three. Colton Wong and Cesar Hernandez play, play really good defense. Josh Harrison plays decent defense. He's not great. Um, but he's a good overall, he's a great locker room guy. He would fill a very similar role to Carlos Santana. And he's been, a, he's been there. He's won a championship before. He's been in multiple playoff runs. It's the kind of guy you want inside your, your, your locker room to steer this ship, especially for the upcoming season after the promising season we just finished up with. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I would imagine though that um, another option we need to consider for second base is JP Crawford. Um, I'll be covering more of JP Crawford and shortstops and maybe uh, I might do that on Friday's podcast for you guys. I might be uh, saving like the juiciest positions till the very end. Bear with me. It will be worth it. But uh, the left-handed bat I talked about that I'm going to touch on at the very end here. That's an interesting addition is Anthony Rizzo is going to have a player opt out um, after this last season after the New York Yankees. Excuse me. High side is what Anthony Rizzo brings. And that's something we, we desperately need. That's why we traded for Jesse Winker in the offseason. We needed a strong, dominant left-handed bat that brings some thump and consistency it can bring a depth to this lineup. The problem is you have Ty France obviously at first base. That's locked down. That's, uh, you know, uh, put into concrete, put into stone. And uh, I just like Anthony Rizzo. I think he has clutch moments. He's got that factor and whatnot. He would provide kind of similar punch to what Yuli Gurriel brings to Houston, a veteran bat. Um, nothing obviously close to Jordan, but having a power bat that could possibly go against Jordan to balance out that, you know, balance of power between the, these two teams is definitely something I will take and I keep an eye on and try and keep updated as we get closer to the winter meetings. I can't wait. December is going to be fantastic. 
I'm gonna have so much insight for you guys, but we'll get to that whenever we get there. But now it's time for, for the sponsor dad break. Do you enjoy quality, clean energy? Do you crash hard after the midday coffee and or tea? Check out Dubby Energy. Dubby Energy is a keto-friendly energy option for those who need to pick me up throughout the long workday. No midday crashes or jitters. Dubby Energy provides a boost of tasty crash and jitter-free energy to help you conquer your busy day. Free of artificial colors and dyes, and it's even sugar-free. Use code WSS to get 10% off your order today. Again, use code capital WSS to get 10% off your order today. W Energy, D-U-B-B-Y Energy.com. All right. Thank you for bearing with me uh, through today's sponsored ad break. We're going to talk about Seahawks and then we're going to bounce out for, 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 for uh, excuse me, for today. I am just tongue tied today. It's one of those days. I don't know if it's the rain or the lack of sleep and, you know, mixed with a ton, a ton of coffee. Anyways, uh, Hawks defense has been turning the, the corner the last few weeks and yet on uh, Sunday's game, nine passes that were defended, three sacks, one pick, a forced fumble, and a fumble recovery by by, by Daryl Taylor. I'm seeing a plethora of things that can mean good and great things for the upcoming rest of our season for our Seattle Seahawks. The raw aggression, defensive specific specific tackle pressure, and space off of the, the ball are the big things I'm seeing and looking at with this current defense. Shelby Harris is the co-captain along with Al Woods. Puna Ford is starting to come off the edge. And he's not playing that two gap. He's playing the one gap. For those who want to know more about that, that means upon how many blockers are taking on on a consistent uh, repetition basis. Sometimes they have to chip off of the tight end. Sometimes they get one-on-one plat- uh, opportunities against uh, the actual lineman. But Puna Ford's been really eating well lately. He's been feasting upon one-on-one uh, opportunities and making the, the most of them for sure. Daryl Taylor finally finding his footing in this offense. Had a slow and frustrating start. I talked at nauseum about Daryl Taylor and figure out whether or not he got benched for, for Boye Mafe. He got benched for, for Daryl Bam Johnson. There's been multiple players come in, and recently, I don't know if it's the way that it's being you know, explained or the way that they're prepping for the next game, but it's night and day difference with what I'm seeing with this team, and it's just raw, unfiltered aggression. We're seeing, like, you know, uh, Brian Monet just pancaking and pushing these guards and centers back in pack, uh, back towards the, the line of scrimmage and into the backfield, which is just causing disruption and chaos. This is what you want to see. Miles Adams, I love this young kid. He is showing the burst and the raw power we saw in the preseason in the last couple of weeks. I don't know who he's been coming in for. I don't know how they're supplementing that. I don't know who's getting taken out when he gets put in. Maybe they're just playing him, keeping him fresh and, or, and more fresh. I almost said fresher, but that probably would be great English for you guys. But uh, Miles Adams is having a great couple of games. Boy Mafe and Jordan Brooks are setting the edge in defense in the, the run game. Boy Mafe is just really playing well the last few weeks. He hasn't been seeing a lot of big flashy plays like, you know, the strip sack for uh, Daryl Taylor. Stuff like that. But he is doing so many good things on the football field. It's going to be a matter of time before we start seeing big-time plays from Boy Mafe. Tariq Wollin, the shadow, as Brian Baldinger likes to call him. He is specifically taking on the hardest competition on a weekly basis, which is allowing Kobe Bryant to really take and a slot into that cornerback slot, uh, defensive slot role. And uh, he took that job from Justin Coleman. Justin Coleman was brought in specifically to take over at that, at that slot corner. He's been 
been so good that for, for 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 so many years. It was a huge bummer when he got hurt, uh, when he broke his leg. I broke, I believe he broke his leg and broke his arm or like tore his ACL or something when he collided with Gronk. But uh, he just hasn't been able to get really much on the field, and that's specifically because of how good Kobe Bryant's been playing this year. Ryan Neal, man, playing some kind of football lately. Ryan Neal, sticky coverage on tight ends, ability to tackle and wrap up inside the uh, run game. He, you know, I heard people comparing him last weekend. Um, Kevin Kugler on the on, on the broadcast talking about how he's like Camp Chancellor. No due disrespect to Ryan Neal. Ryan Neal's a dog. Dog. D-A-W-G. I love him. He's nasty. He's tenacious. He don't give a damn what anybody has to think. He plays solid foundational football. That's what Pete Carroll wants. That's why Josh Jones isn't on, on, on the field. He wasn't playing foundational football. Quandre Diggs was not able to do his job playing center field. That's what he, he does best because he was so worried about what Josh Jones was and wasn't doing. Quandre Diggs wasn't able to focus on his job duties. Brock Heward talks about this at nauseum all the time. Pete Carroll talks about this all the time. Do your job. Don't worry about what somebody else is doing. Do your damn job and do it well. If you do your job well, everybody else's job is considerably easier to handle. Things that are firing on all cylinders for this defense as we approach a very up a uh upcoming fire-powered heavy run game coming attack with the San, with the almost San, San Francisco the New York football giants the G-men as Chris Berman likes to call them oh so famously it's going to be a, a testament of wills Saquon Barkley Daniel Jones Geno Smith Ken Walker um I do not anticipate DK Metcalf to play in this game with his uh patellar tendon issue uh injury it is not a significant injury after both the x-ray and MRI came back clean but with him not playing expect more playing time for the tight ends the, the 12 personnel uh they talked about that uh, a couple of times recently on Brock and Salk talked about it yesterday about how effective they've been out of 12 personnel which is talking about three tight ends on the field uh Colby Parkinson Noah Fant well Disley and this is a great opportunity for Dariq Young and Bo Melton to get some run I'm not sure whether or not uh Bo Melton's actually on the active on the active roster I will do some research on that in the upcoming days. But with that being said, you guys, that's going to be today's podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed today's overall topics and flow. Let me know on how you guys uh, uh, feel about the audio stuff. That'd be well appreciated. You can reach out to me on Twitter at PNW Professor. Uh, the Twitter page for the podcast is at Westside Sports 7. You can find me on my Facebook group, Sports in the Northwest, with the Green Mariners Teal Insignia. Um, appreciate you guys for taking the time out of your busy, rainy Tuesday day to listen. Hope you guys have a fantastic rest of your day, and I will catch you guys tomorrow. CS Rise, Go Hawks, and in Geno Smith, we trust. Peace.